Hey y'all, we're back. Now, I've had a lot of people ask me about the forward assist on the side of the AR-15. We all know that button on the back that drives the bolt forward. And they had no idea what it was for. And so finally, I, I reached out to uh, Pew Pew Tactical, and uh, Eric turned me on to some really good information and spells it all out. So I'd like to... Uh, share it with you and uh thank pew pew tactical go go look into these guys they have a lot of good information there and they have a lot of good reviews and a lot of uh just a lot of good stuff so so go check them out anyway since it's a addition to the m16 rifle in 1969 the forward assist or bolt assist is as it's sometimes called has been the topic of a lot of debate. Now, the original design for the AR-15 and M16 rifles did not include this. Now, but the military insisted that Eugene Stoner put it in there. Now, why has, has such a part caused such a huge debate? Now, the for, is the forward assist really necessary or is it do more harm than good? Now, as, as with most everything, the answer is it depends. Now, to understand why that is, uh, they've took a, a look into history of this assist and when it's useful versus when it can cause issues and how the design has evolved in the recent years. So let's uh, follow along as we jump into the world of the forward assist and learn more about this particular design feature. Now, by the end of the article, maybe uh, we can better understand this part and ultimately know whether you want one on your AR-15 build. Now, to put it plainly, the forward assist is a relic of yesteryear. As early as the beginning of the 20th century, semi-automatic rifles had a way of forcing the gun to go into battery. Now, this carried on throughout the mid part of the century, and it was something that the military was familiar with. Now the thought process was, and is, in the heat of battle, if your rifle, your rifle suddenly wouldn't feed or chamber around, you could use the forward assist slash bolt assist to slam the gun into battery. Now this sounds like a great idea in theory, but it, it wasn't always a lifesaver that the soldiers thought it would be. So in 1959, when Eugene Stoner and his corporation designed the first M16, which was based on the AR-10, by the way, no forward assist existed on the gun. Now, Stoner believed it wasn't necessary on his design, while the U.S. Air Force agreed. The Army, however, didn't. So the Army insisted that a bolt assist be included on the M16 to keep things familiar for soldiers and allow a forceful chambering of the gun. Now, Stoner conceded the point and included a forward assist on the M16A1. The rest, as they say, is history. Now, Stoner conceded the point and um, included a forward assist on the M16A1. The, and, uh, like I said, he wasn't happy, but he put it there. But anyway, the, the first Camp Fields uh, forward assist provides value. Now... Many of these folks served in the military or sought training by prior military. They liked the security of being able to force the gun in battery if needed. Now, for instance, if you can get a life 
saving round into the battery to fire the gun in an emergency, then fix whatever needs attention to. Uh, later on, you're not in a do-or-die situation. No. In a recent Sons of Liberty Gunworks Armorers course, co-owner Mike Mikowski offered another scenario. When chambering the first round of the magazine, uh, he pulls back on the charging handle far enough to check that the round was chambered. Then he uses his forward assist to put the weapon into battery rather than slamming his charging handle forward or ejecting an unspent round and reloading it back into his magazine. On the other hand, the other school of thought is that forward assist caused more problems than solutions. Now, do you want to force a round in your chamber that wouldn't go in in the first place? Is the round damaged or out of spec? What caused the hang-up? That's a good thought. Now, that's a concern of many folks against forward assist. Honestly, it stands as a valid concern. Now, especially in the case of a 300 blackout getting mixed into your uh, 223-556 magazine. Now, that is something you don't want to do, and uh, it could ruin your whole day, so to speak. Now, other, another concern is that the plunger inside, not the pawl, you press or its spring could break and get into the cycling action of your gun. Uh, this could also uh, cause some fairly major issues. For for very least, uh, which is interrupting the cycle operation of the weapon. Now, to that extent, instructors like uh, Brian Hartman of Progressor Force Concepts encourage the students at their carbine courses to consider upper receivers that do not have forward assist. And finally, plenty of rifle owners simply don't care. If you ask the average AR-15 owner how many times they've ever used their forward assist, you'll likely get a shrug. Just like me, I've never used it. So, now the indifference is often due to the lack of information, lack of training, or the feeling of having it but not needing it is better than needing it and not having it. So, if you want to reiterate none of these views, that's correct. So, ultimately, it's up to each user to decide if they prefer it and why. Now, the key is basing the decision on actual information versus what someone told you. Take all your information and opinions you can, and you can and use them to guide yourself to what you need. It's been over 60 years since Stoner designed the AR platform. And in that time, every part of the platform underwent evolution. The forward assist is no different, involving, evolving in a couple of different ways. First, some companies embrace the no, for, no forward assist thought and designing uppers without it. Now, there are sometimes referred to as slicks, uh, slick side uppers and varying terms based on the companies that produce them. Two standouts that consistently great, uh, great quality are Battle Arms Development and Veltor. Now, most, both offer an upper receiver without a forward assist and are well-respected companies with a long history of quality and redesigned the upper receiver. Meanwhile, other companies kept the forward assist but altered it. Now, two major stand, uh, standouts come from uh, forward controls design, one in collaboration with Hodge Defense. 
Now, the focus on both variations of the forward assist from FCD evolves uh, reducing the Paul footprint in some fashion. Uh, doing this means it's less likely to snag or interfere with the manipulation of the ambidextrous charging handle. FCD's LDFL saw the rim of the pawl removed and the overall size of the pawl reduced. This limited the interference with the right latch of the charging handle without reducing the effectiveness of the forward relief itself. Uh, forward assist itself. Now, the, LS, the LSFA is a collaboration with Hodge Defense with a similar thought process. Removing the rim from the pawl helps prevent a user's fingernail from snagging on the forward assist while manipulating the weapon. In addition, the shape of the pawl is uh, changed to more of a teardrop, allowing more surface area. This allows for more confidence and less slippage when actuating the forward assist in a hurry or under less than ideal circumstances. Now finally, whether you believe in the forward assist or not, uh, they are present on most standard ARs and uh, they offer a way to force a, bat a rifle into battery. Again, it's up to you to decide if it's necessary for your training or goals, but rest assured, there are some good brands out there if you're interested. That's some good information there. But uh, all mine personally have forward assists on them and I like the thinking that it's nice to have and not need it or need it and not have it. So anyway, send me your thoughts at uh, gunsmoke at yahoo.com. That's G-U-N-S-M smoke, all lowercase. Or check us out at gunsmoke gunsmoke at Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. See what you're doing. Send some pictures. So until next time, y'all take care.